You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, celebrating a year in review, July 11th, uh, the first podcast that we recorded, and so now we sit here awkwardly with no guest <laughs> to talk by cho- about by a choice. whole year. By choice. By- <laughs> it's not like, you know, somebody didn't show up. <laughs> It was so perfectly planned. They were going to be here, and then they decided to cancel. So we're just sitting here alone. Untrue. We actually reviewed all the podcasts that we had recorded over the past year, and it's been really, it's been a really great experience. A lot of interesting people that we've met, a lot of lessons that we've learned, uh, and it didn't come about easily. Well, you said this, this dates back. So I've been around Thinker for... Almost three years now, and you had a, a vision to do this a couple years beforehand. Is that right? Yeah, we started working on this, or I, maybe I started working on it, toying around with my mind. Uh, yeah, for quite some time, even bought equipment and tested a podcast. We have an internal test that we ran, so that <laughs> with, that never got put out there with Sam and and Aaron and me. <laughs> no, it never got released. <laughs> And some of the some of the same equipment is still here. We've upgraded things, but well, yeah. that was the thing when when we moved to this new location on Jefferson Street. Yeah, there was this little room that the prior owner was trying to use as a recording studio or something. And <laughs> I mean, I because I'd been in here and and anyway, it had some. I wish hang, I could see those pictures again. Yeah, some hanging stuff from the ceiling. Anyway, you, you right away you said this is gonna be our podcast booth, and I'm looking yeah. in there. I'm like. Well, this needs a lot of work, man. <laughs> so, well, we gutted it. Yeah. <laughs> we gutted it and had have a great a great friend and and business guy who who yeah fixed the whole place up, put in some sound materials. We bought new equipment. We're decked out. An actual ceiling. An actual ceiling. Yeah. Boy, uh, for our listeners, it would have been great for you to see the see the space uh, prior the, and yeah, also the, the space and now. <laughs> well, but then so then it is all painted and it's all ready to go. Yeah. And then it was, okay, let's get the podcast going. But I had, was under the impression that meant I needed to learn how to edit podcasts. And so I, <laughs> I went through the process of talking to a couple of friends who'd actually edited podcasts, and that just scared the hell out of me. Yeah. I mean, one of them said it takes two hours. If you if you record an hour of audio, it takes two hours to get it ready. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> how am I going you know, to manage that? Well, that's what, so that, that's a good, you know, the good lesson that I've been learning through the years. My, a lot of my communication styles is, is something like, hey, you know, we should do a podcast. And then I make a, a number of assumptions with, to, to say, well, you know, you should run with that because it would be great to do and make assumptions that you'll find somebody to do the production work on it. And instead of detailing out, it's like, no, I don't expect you to do like editing well, the podcast. I just don't, I don't write the checks. So right. I, I didn't want to go out and get somebody and come back and say, hey, all right, I found somebody here, pay them. <laughs> I, you know, it's, when you said, no, no, I'll pay somebody. I'm like, oh, oh thank God. Well, that was one of the lessons you know, we learned early on that we even toying around with the idea of the podcast. Cause I, I can edit a podcast. I know the technology behind it, but even even for myself, trying to figure out how to find the time to book someone to be on the podcast, then then record the podcast, uh, and then edit the podcast. I it's just it would never have been done, and yet I also kind of uh, you know kind of believed like many people. Oh yeah, I'll get to that. I'll I'll do that, and you just won't. And you know, years later, you're still talking about it. So I think I think. Uh, 
maybe one of the lessons we've learned is that idea of stay in your lane, mm-hmm. you know, know what you're great at. So, you know, the, for our listeners, a lot of how this comes together, there are a lot of moving parts to get a, to get a podcast out the door here. And we've got it down to a system, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't even take credit for. Alex, you, you book all the speakers. Uh, Most, some of them um, were brought in or by another coworker we had. And recently Jacqueline Colosier has been um, working more on, identifying people. But it does come down to me then sending the email saying, okay, here's our dates yeah. and what dates can you come in? Uh, for the most part, I'd say 80, 90% of them, we've had a good solid plan and everything was set. There there have been a few that two days beforehand we were still <laughs> looking for people to come in. Because, you know, people are busy and we're doing this at five and six. Yeah. Um, you know, back to the lessons learned. Yeah. And part of it's communication, right? You said, let's get a podcast going. So I right away said, that means I've got to do this, 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 and this. And I didn't turn around and come back to you and say, okay, I don't know how to do this. Are you? Yeah. Ask, I didn't ask you if you expected me to do that or if you were you know, right. you know, authorizing me to go to find somebody. Right. Because so, then when we had that conversation, mm-hmm. I, at some point in time, I was like, no, no, no. Stay in the You're kitchen. not supposed to. Right, because I was really stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting you to edit the podcast. No, let's go find somebody. And you did. You ran out and you got Kevin. It was our second. Yeah, Kevin Rogers. And he, yeah. But he was our second one. Our first one came in and he was going to do it as a side thing. And then he just didn't have enough time. And so... we I, we put it out on Facebook the modern way, right? Yeah. And and I had a friend who said my son went to school for it, and he's not doing it now, but he wants to. So we reached out to him, and and so we we hired Kevin Rogers, and he's been doing it for us for a year. And I think because of this podcast, uh, he's got a couple others. We've had people show interest in doing podcasts, and I've said, well, Kevin does the editing, so I think he's doing three yeah. or four of them because he eventually wants to do this full time. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's going well. Uh, listeners, if you disagree, welcome to write a, <laughs> write into us and tell us what we could be doing better. Uh, we've got some other lessons I think we can get around to, but one of the things that maybe we uh, the focus of this year and year in review is also to talk about some of our favorite uh, people on the podcast, and I know that you've you've got a handful, Alex. You have a really great memory. Um, and for our listeners, if you've if you've caught the podcast before, you'll hear Alex just pulls out all sorts of facts and statistics. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not exactly Cliff Clavin at the bar saying you know it's a it's a little known fact. <laughs> Maybe I use a different different line to get into it. <laughs> but so what's one of what's uh, what's one of your favorite podcasts? Okay, so Dan Apino. Yeah. I remember when I booked Dan Apino, you kind of gave me a kind of look like, why? I said, all right, <laughs> because I knew Dan talked a lot about culture. So yeah. Dan, Dan is a football coach who went from a really successful private school program where he won a couple state titles to taking over the, the, the least successful football program in our area. This team had had, this school had had one, two winning records in 25 years or something like that. And, uh, and he's turned them into... In, in six years, they won two conference titles. They made the playoffs four times out of six years. It just totally, but we didn't, you know, what we weren't bringing him in to talk football and X's and O's. Yeah. We brought him in to talk about culture. And yeah. I thought that was fascinating. It was. Because he was, he was telling you, know, the first thing he wanted to do was get, teach the kids in his team who've been, you know, losing for years and, and there's no community support behind them, how to shake hands and look people in the eye. Right. <laughs> right? And how does that translate to winning? It, it, it translates into self-respect. And, right. and, and he said, but he also talked about, and this was interesting, that he also did have to adjust his style somewhat based on the, the people he's working with. Yeah. Right? He had a certain standard in terms of when you had to get to practice, 
um, and you know, and, and attending meetings and things at the the private school, that he had to he had to show some flexibility because it at an inner city urban school, uh, a lot of these kids are the only uh, ride for grandma. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't have food and they have to work a part-time job to get money into the, you know, so yeah. he, he, you know, it wasn't like he came in and said, okay, this is my rules. They worked here. You have to bend to my will. Yeah, it's interesting to uh, how he, you know, talked about how he had to work, uh, like you're talking about, in, in developing a culture, but de- developing a culture with completely different constraints uh, that that culture has versus the culture that he had come from. And you're right with that. His his goal was to to build um, build up young men who then can go off and win titles, um, and even if they don't win titles, he's he's built up young men which will serve them well into the future. And uh, I thought that was really great. One of the things I also thought, which which was interesting, um, how he was transitioning, he had made a conscious decision to transition uh, out of even then coaching. In now to to uh, kind of move on with where his life, uh, where he wanted his life to go, and I thought that was really um, a, tra- a a succession plan. Yeah. You basically put a succession plan in place, really smart, which, which you don't hear much about right. in high school sports because or know, anywhere else, co- well, people yeah. just kind of fly fly around and mm-hmm. you know where the wind blows it. to just go with it instead of putting a plan in place and then moving it forward. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really insightful and and uh, certainly was paying off for him. You know, one of my favorites was Steve Larson. Uh, the director of Rockford Symphony Orchestra. Well, yeah, you're a big music guy, so I didn't have I much am. to do that. that <laughs> yeah, that. you just kind of sat there. A I mean, quiet. if you listen to that one, I'm, I'm like one minute. Right? You introduced me, I had one comment, and then it was just like you two talking for the rest. Of time. I was fascinated. I, you know, I, yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, I I love music. Uh, it really jazzes me up, and then you know this idea of the orchestra, and I thought I thought his he's been doing it for so long and doing it so successfully. Uh, I think the wisdom that he brought. Uh, in talking about specifically how to deal with uh, people, and I think that was the question I the question I had asked him. I think was something to the effect of, uh, "How do you work with people who are all uh, kind of the best? You know, the best of the best. They could all be soloists, right? Um, how do you get them to play together?" And one of the things that he mentioned was, "You have to direct less." And I thought it was so insightful because, as a director. You want them all to come together and you want to give them the timing. You want to tell them what's coming next. You want them to build. You want them to come down. And yet he said at some, at some points to get them to gel, to get them to work together, you, you, you kind of pull off the reins, let go of it, and they will come together. The team comes together when you just let them be. Uh, and I thought that's, that's really insightful. And I think, uh, I think he had learned that lesson from somebody else at one point in time too. Well, a good lesson on that one is that I had – when Stephen came in, I kind of thought we'd talk about creativity because to get people to come to a symphony uh, today is more difficult than it was when Steve started yeah. because there's just so much out there to do. Uh, and we did talk about that for a bit, but then we, we went more into team building. And that was one of, maybe when we first started the podcast, one of my weaknesses was I would bring a person in on a subject and I'd try to keep them to that oh, subject right. <laughs> instead of letting it kind of go go where the discussion goes. Yeah, which is, that's the difference, you know, like you talk about one of these one of these things that we've learned to work well in is the difference between you and me. You're, you come from a very news and factual background and you've got a question, you got, you're looking for an answer, you're, you're, you're going after something. 
Um, and I'm not sure what I'm going after until I get to it. So we, we, we've, um, I think the lesson in that from, from my standpoint is this idea of you, you, uh, you go where the river's going, right? Right. Don't, don't try and force it. Don't try and force a new river and build yourself a river because that's not where the river's going. Just go where the river goes. And so I, I like to, I like to listen to people who have some, who have, uh, some story to tell, and I just kind of find that thread, and I just keep pulling on it. Yeah. At one point, I'd like to have Josiah Sostrom back, because yeah. he was one of our very first uh, podcasts, and, and we hammered away at a specific subject. We talked about and lighting. Lighting, right. Which was an interesting subject for a podcast, yeah. when nobody can um, see anything. But, you know, Josiah's story <laughs> is, you know, he, and it's evolving. Uh, yeah. since, we, since we talked to him a year ago, he's working really hard on trying to uh, create a movie studio, studio here in Rockford to get more productions in Rockford. Uh, so we'd love to at some point have Josiah back in just to talk about, you know, <laughs> just basically how he's trying to grow his business. Uh, because, you know, if you're going to be a movie maker in Rockford, uh, you either got to go to Chicago or you got to get Chicago to come to you. Yeah. Which is something that we're working, I think, with him on at mm-hmm. this point in time. And that's, that's, that's one of the fascinating things that's come from the podcast. We always have these after discussions uh, so there's the thing that happens in the podcast and that kind of warms us all up to figuring out who each other are. And then after the podcast, as we're all milling around and, and kind of exiting, we're always discussing something else. We're discussing kind of what's next, where are you headed? Uh, and out of that come even come the kind of the hopes and dreams uh, and, and some practical steps that then can be taken. And we've had some of those practical steps like, uh, well, let's go to one of my another one of my favorites is Alicia Newbauer. Yeah. So Alicia and Eric Newbauer own ground floor skateboards. We had Alicia in uh, to talk about how do you build a business while you're going through uh, cancer treatments because yeah. Alicia's got breast cancer. Uh, and but with, in her case, it's the the outlook looks really positive. Yeah. Um, you know, you know her better than me. But the interesting about thing about that one is you're both boiling people. So I kind of felt like yeah. I, I didn't have the secret and handshake. We hadn't, t- we hadn't kind of talked <laughs> much in like 20 <laughs> years, but... <laughs> but like in so Alicia's case, we're talking about uh, that and then, you know, just what's going on with ground floor skateboards. And she's coming back in in a couple of weeks to do, uh, be a presenter for One Million Cups. Yeah. They just launched an online store, which we I think we might... We're discussing helping them yep. with that, and then they're going to have their own branded merchandise. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of that came out of the discussions I think we had that night. Yeah, just a way to open the door and and uh, kind of help each other out and add value. There's there's been a lot of good things that have come from the podcast. Um, the there are other kind of behind the scenes things that people don't people don't get. We always take a selfie. Mm-hmm. And then Not always is a strong word since we missed a couple. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it seems it should be so systematic at this point in time, but then we get to the podcast. We're like, oh, oops, forgot that selfie. And then there was this time that the selfies disappeared. Yeah. We had a I know we took selfies. One of, we yeah, took one. We took one of Sunil for sure. Sunil Puri. Where'd it go? I do not know. I don't know either. Yeah. Why can we not find it? It makes no sense. And so then we, you know, is it a conspiracy? We do. So we have the we have this little TV <laughs> right outside the booth with all the pictures of selfies, which are yeah. pretty cool. Oh, I've yeah. only heard it's the most, you so know, fun. It's the coolest photo. Yeah, she's one of your favorite podcasts. She right? is. It's another I, music related one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was fascinated with her. I thought one of the things that stood out for me from from Emily was um, kind of her transparent story, and I think maybe some of that transparency comes because she's a songwriter, and she talked about 
writing songs and um, kind of dis- kind of discovering the the you know the hurts and the joys and how that kind of works its way through you and then out pops a song and then you share that with the world and that's a very vulnerable process to be able to uh, to have this extension of yourself that everybody then goes gets to go judge whether they like it or don't like it and connect with it or don't connect with it. Well, I've shared Emily's story with my youngest daughter because yeah. my youngest daughter wants to be a writer. And I'm like, well, if you want to be a writer, that means you have to put your stuff out in the public for right. people to read <laughs> and not everybody's going to like it. Yeah. I mean, for as, for as rich as J.K. Rowling is, critics hate her. Yeah. Cr- critics think, you know, but so there are, you have to be able to put it out there and be able to take that kind of criticism. Yeah. So I had brought up Emily's story to her. Emily is a professional songwriter who's working on opening a restaurant. That's why we had her in. And she's still working at it. She remember, is. She oh, said, man. She said... She was behind a year or something like right. that when we talked with her the first and time. We, and now and we tried to nail her down. Before. And she said, well, we're thinking April. We're, but said, but, but I'm, I don't want to get caught up in timelines anymore. And the last time I emailed her, it said, now we're looking at August. Yeah, I drove she, by it the other day and it's still... We got still the sign ready. up, though. It says yeah. the Norwegian at the top. To me, that was a big oh, step. I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to to seeing what she makes of that place. One of the things she also talked about was how she had, uh, <laughs> she had uh, given away or people people could buy, you know, these in home, uh, these these in home concerts, and she didn't do the math on. You know, yeah, go fund, to, she did a GoFundMe campaign, <laughs> like travel around the U.S. Yeah, so she, <laughs> she, what did she do? She traveled off to the East Coast. Maine. And, she went to Maine with with to do one, one infant or two di- infants. I, I can't remember. Exactly. Whatever. She drove all the way, and that's a long drive. Yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've back. driven to Pennsylvania once, and I never want to do that again. But that's just you know now turn north and find five more states. Maine is I've I've been to Maine and back, and that is a haul. Uh huh. Absolutely. I yeah. I'd love to find out how many of those home concert she has left (laughs) (laughs) yeah she had not uh she had not even yeah she hadn't delivered on those (laughs) what are you what are you looking forward to uh or who who are you looking forward to for the podcast kind of maybe in this coming year well we've i think we've had a really fun number of small businesses um We've had, a, we've had a good number of organizations that helped. Like John Phelps was in here from Rockford Logan Development Corp. John yeah. Groh, I thought, was really interesting for the, the Convention and Visitors Bureau talking about team building. And we just yeah. had the mayor, John McNamara. I'm, I'm working on trying to get some bigger businesses. Um, one of my favorite stories I heard years ago uh, was by Tom Gendron from Woodward, uh, Inc. So they make fuel systems for airplanes. Yeah. And they're... Probably the best in the world, at and they've it now. been in this area forever. Yeah, since 1870. Yeah. So they're they're probably the best in the world at what they do. Okay. But when Tom was an up and comer in that business, uh, he tells a story that I think it was 93 or 94. They had their first losing year, and what had happened was they were there were four suppliers of fuel systems to Boeing, and Boeing called them up and said, "We're cutting back to the the, num- the top three. Yeah. And you're number four. And all of a sudden, Woodward isn't. Major trouble, yeah. And you know, he said he was go to board meetings, and half the board members were asleep. Uh, the company was tired. Yeah. Uh, the culture uh, had kind of wound down, and so his job was to uh, turn this into a startup, almost have a startup kind of mentality, uh, because they, they they couldn't just go from they lost four their to three. energy to yeah. move. Yeah, they didn't want to go from four to th- he didn't want to go from four to three and just hang on. Right, no. he wanted to get back to number one. Yeah. And and you know if you look at all the stuff on Woodward today, it's great. Now, Tom lives in Colorado, but he's in, he's here three months out of the year. It's just a matter of trying to get the right time. Yeah, you talk about him all the time, getting him out here. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that happening uh, for you. Yeah, my number my number two one is uh, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. So <laughs> Fred is a local 
uh, superstar now. He's he was born raised in Rockford, went to Rockford Auburn, uh, went to Wichita State. He's now in the NBA. Uh, just signed a two year eighteen million dollar deal. But this is a business podcast, right? Fred, he's only twenty five years old. Yeah. He just he launched his own clothing line, uh, it's, which you can you can find. Uh, you know, he's got the money to develop it, obviously. And he yeah. just opened up a store here in town. So he's yeah. already at 25. In downtown Rockford. In downtown Rockford. Yeah. So at 25, he's already looking at what he's going to do when he's done. And that's that's what I want to talk about is how do you, you know, what drove him in that direction? Um, you know, where, how far does he want to take it? Uh, who's he working with to help him get there? He's, yeah. he, you know, he's got the means now. Right. <laughs> he's not hurting. He, he has a budget where other people don't. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I'm looking forward to um, maybe some writers. I, I read a great book uh, called Never Split the Difference, written by Chris Voss. Uh, I think I wrote it maybe, read it maybe two years ago and uh, gave some really practical examples of how to negotiate and sort of the mistakes that people make in negotiation and then how to, uh, how to correct for those mistakes and ways, ways of thinking uh, for yourself to work work yourself through a problem when you need to accomplish something and then the other you know the other person is uh, maybe resistant to that and his his example and why, he, why I think it makes the the book so powerful is uh, he's an FBI or was an FBI negotiator and and so his book never split the difference is about uh, typical negotiation tactics being that you have to get a win-win but what do you do when you're when your outcome is not a win-win, if you're an FBI negotiator, your outcome is going to be, I'm going to get my hostages back. I'm not going to get half of my hostages. You're not going to take part of my money and part of the hostages. I'm going to get my hostages back. And if, if it's possible to keep, keep you alive, you know, uh, the person who's taking the hostages, if it's possible to keep you alive in the process, we'll do that. But I'm going to get my hostages back. And, fascinating how he unpacks all of these things and, and how typical negotiation tactics break down and how we can apply even those lessons you, uh, that, that uh, you know, people are not rational. Uh, they're not thinking through things in a rational fashion. There's something irrational about all of us. And that applies to our negotiation, uh, our negotiating and what we care about and why, why we even in, intent on negotiating that, you know, whatever that is in, in the process. And so I, I, I think, I think, you know, he or someone, someone, um, with those types of, um, those types of experiences, I think would be great to have on the podcast. Someone recently just mentioned my dad should come on the podcast and I'd never considered it. And I thought, no, that's, that would be really interesting. It w well, it would be. He came to one, one million cups, the yeah. networking group on Wednesday. And I remember the person who was presenting that day said something about well he's been he said i'm influence rich and cash poor yeah he's, he's had this, yeah, this organization for seven years yeah. and he has yet to pay himself salary right and your, your dad kind of got into him a little bit because <laughs> the object of business is to make money and the fact that yeah, the great thing is his dad you know has been in business i don't know for 50 years or something like that and wanted to be a writer his background was he wanted to be he he wanted to be a writer and english major and wanted to go into journalism and instead went into trucking and go where the river takes you, right? He was going where the river was going. And, uh, and that was his, you know, professionally that he had come from trucking and, and my mom had come from working in a trucking company as well. And so, you know, they started, they, they moved out to the Rockford area and started, um, the trucking company, Todd Transit. And then subsequently my grandpa came out and started driving for him. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, I have great, I have great memories of, uh, you know, mom had to go to the office, dad was already at the office. And so I was taken along as a young kid and I would sit on the floor sometimes next to my mom's desk and I would grab the old green bar, the old used green bar paper off the, off the, these old dot matrix printers. And I would, uh, make things out of this paper with staples and, and, and tape and green bar paper. And I have a robot actually mm-hmm. that I made. It's a, it's a, it's a dumb little kid's, you know, taped up stapled robot thing, uh, that I've made. I think my mom still has that. So, and those kind of, my favorite writer is Malcolm Gladwell. You must have read some Gladwell. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I'm a stat nut. And uh, he takes numbers and paints pictures around them. And yeah. one of them, because that reminds me of one of his chapters in one of his books, is that the most important thing a parent can do for a kid is introduce them to people of influence. Yeah. So you were already being taken uh, to the office, yeah. hanging around, right? And so you, your mom and dad are pe- business people are coming in, they're negotiating contracts, yep. you know? So when those years later, when those kind of situations came in front of you, you'd seen it, you'd yeah. grown up. Somebody asked me, you, you know, how do you, how do you, um, how, how did you decide you could become an entrepreneur? And I was like, well, I don't, didn't know anything different. Like, mm-hmm. why can't you just go off and do the thing you want to do? Why can't you just try it? And it never occurred to me that I couldn't just try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, uh, that was just the framework, you know, the framework that I came from. But it would be fascinating, I think, to have Dad on, um, and he's what now seventy something like that. Hey, look good at the uh, look good at your birthday party. Oh yeah, he looks great, and he and he's he's been through some major ups and downs, and uh, it's amazing that he's even alive. Uh, he, he'll well, that maybe would be he'll part tell of the us podcast. more. Yeah, <laughs> he'll tell us more on the podcast, hopefully. So future for the future for the podcast. What one of the things we were talking about was doing video like Howard Stern I think you said. Well, so Dan Dan Patrick <laughs> and Howard Stern both have radio shows. And they videotape the radio shows and those and now play on different channels. We'd have to be more vulgar. Well, if you want to be Howard Stern, Dan Patrick. <laughs> Dan Patrick there's no swearing with Dan Patrick. Um but yeah, because we you know the, at Thinker here we we're we're putting stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, mostly most of our 1 million cup stuff and we have some ideas of some other content we want to put on there. Yeah. Uh, Roku channel is something we're talking about, and I think will happen probably here within the next couple months. And we have, a, you know, we've already had so many good guests that I wish we'd already videotaped and put out there. Right. And we have a long list of people we want to bring in this next year. Yeah. That you know that would just be another way to to get the word out about, uh, you know, how to be a success at business. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we called it the What Works podcast. I want. I think one of the goals was to stay away from the whole top 10 list that everybody puts out. You know, here's yeah. the top 10 things you should do, which is great. But then you talk to somebody who's actually done it all and they're like, yeah, I, that didn't work for me. I did this other thing instead. And here's the twists and turns. And it was a neat idea to follow the list, but I, boy, there were so many twists and turns to how I ended up. Well, and the, one of the best questions to get somebody talking is what didn't work. Yeah. You know, it's what works podcast, right? But what didn't work? Because then people are just like, oh, man, I tried this and it didn't work. Paul Slatton, one of your favorites. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite restaurants is PK Diner, and he, yeah. he abandoned that after one year. Yeah. And he just, you know, that was one of the lessons with Paul is uh, don't be afraid to have an idea, but uh, be quick to abandon it if it's not working. Yeah, I had, that really was a great lesson from him. Something I'm not great at, actually, abandoning ideas that just don't work. I tend to stick with them too long. Yeah, the worst uh, the, the worst saying, I'm sure you've heard of played cards, pot committed. 
Oh, yeah. right. You're you're playing poker and you've put in half your chips into a particular hand, and you know you're going to lose that hand. Yeah. But you've already put half your chips in, so it feels like it'd be dumb not to play yeah. it play it out. No, it's not. No, Walk it's away. Cut, cut <laughs> keep, it. Yeah. keep half your chips. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here, here's an interesting. Here's an interesting. Um, I don't even know if it's factually true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can, make, you can make up a stat, and everybody will go. I think oh, I saw. Yeah, it sounds like a good stat. Seth Godin the other day was. <laughs> I saw a video of him talking about uh, Icarus. Okay. And this the the saying of Icarus, and you know how high how he gets these wings, and he's told don't fly too high, uh-huh. right? Or the you know bad things are going to happen. And so he flies too high and his wings burn off and he dies. Melts. Okay, for melt. Melts. No, the reason is uh, I went to see Hamilton with my youngest daughter oh, there and there's a line about you married an Icarus. He yeah. flew too close to this. So I had to explain yeah. Icarus to my daughter. So Seth was saying though that that um, in like 1700 and that was actually not the saying. The lesson from Icarus, the original lesson we should fact check this before this airs. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the original lesson was uh, don't fly too low or the mist will weigh your wings down and you won't be able to fly high. Something to that effect. Hmm. And, how, and how the saying was changed so as to keep people in line, to keep people... Stay, stay where you're at. Uh, don't fly too high. Stay, stay where you're at so that you can be kept in line. Yeah, I'll have to look that one up. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that. Either. I know. I know how things change over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one. You talk about lists. My youngest daughter loves lists, so we were looking at like the greatest movie lines. Yeah, and I said right away, Luke, I am your father. Right. <laughs> That's not the line. What's the line? No, I am your father. Because, Stop it. Because Luke says, my father's dead. No, I am your father. So it's just slightly different. <laughs> so I've always said, Luke. Everybody does I that. Everybody father. does that. But the actual line, is that's not it. Oh, man. <laughs> so you'll have, to, you'll have to change it if you got it in the presentation <laughs> or something. I don't have it in the presentation. I, As a rule, I stay away from Star Wars <laughs> in presentations. <laughs> <laughs> no, that Icarus thing is interesting, though, that the... Uh, I, the, the reason it comes into my mind is a lot of the people that we've talked with have flown high and they continue to have this drive to fly higher. And so many people are afraid of that. And even many of the people that we've had on the podcast are, are, they, they want to go, they want to go higher. They want to go more, they want to go further. And yet there's some sort of, there's some, there's always some sort of little fear holding them back from uh, kind of being all they can be. Well, you know, that's a good point. We've talked about it, and I think John Phelps was maybe touched on it one time. People are can get comfortable with a certain size business. Yeah. Uh, my mother ran a stained glass store yep. in Loves Park before she died, and we did the home show one year, and all of a sudden she was booked out for three months with um, lessons, uh, we had so much business coming in. We were talking about hiring staff. Yeah. And so she put it up for sale. Right. It had gotten to the point where she'd have to manage it and she didn't want to manage it. She just wanted a fun job, a fun little side gig that paid for her trips to Ho-Chunk. And so once it got too big to where she had to manage it, she wanted to get out. And we, you know, we had Brian McIntyre to talk about transitions. A lot of times 
when businesses get to a certain point, uh, you either have to adapt and learn how to run it better, or it's better for you to sell it to somebody else who can take it further because it's it's beyond fun for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think maybe the lesson in some of that is that the the saying where the the tools that got you to the where you are are not the tools that are going to get you to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so you need to refashion and have new tools to continue to push ahead uh, and thrive or learn to thrive in the new situation, in the new circumstances that you have. And if you continue to rely on the old tools, that's where you start to feel that, um, like when we talk with people, like you feel like the, the wheels are coming off on your bus you know, you're going down the road and you can't stop the bus, but the wheels are like the whole thing starts shaking mm-hmm. and you got to change the wheels. And how do you change the wheels on a moving you know, car? Well, probably one at a time and real carefully. And, and that's, that's what it is for business. How do you change these wheels and these, and these gears and things that keep us moving when so, you can't just shut down and, and retool it all? Susan Pitkin was a good one for that. Oh yeah. She the, was great. the owner of the Chocolatorium. Uh, she, she was one where things just kept happening. Right. She happened, she met somebody on a plane. Well, first she got some chocolate. She made some chocolate. People liked it. So she started making it, selling it. Then she, you know, she meets somebody on a plane, gives them the chocolate. And they're like, you gotta, yeah, I have a restaurant in New York. Right. So now she's got to learn how to make this at, you know, at a larger level so she can sell it to restaurants in New York. Yeah. Then she meets another person who gets them in touch with Oprah. Right. But, you know, the thing there was, so she, in a way, a lot of good things happened, but she had quality. She she had a quality yeah. product. So every time she had an opening or a door opened and she gave them the, the product, they liked it. But it forced her every single time to refashion her business to make it bigger. Yeah. And, and more one efficient. Of the, one of the cool things I, I really appreciated about her uh, was her storyline was unexpected. Right? She was just following. She was just following where the river was flowing. And then these unexpected things would come up that would indicate to her that she's on the right path. Mm-hmm. Whereas if she kept on pushing, if she had kept on pushing in a direction, uh, she she uh, she wouldn't have ended up where she's at. And so one of the things she kept on talking about was, I don't know exactly where this business was going, and I and I just kept doing it because I enjoyed it. And then this this thing would happen, and all of a sudden we'd follow that path. Uh, and now she's on a new, you know, she's got some plans for the future, as as. Uh, they've kind of taken shape, but she was sort of a, uh, her lesson was sort of contrary to some of the people's lessons where they're like, yep, this is the path I'm going. And I just keep pushing, 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 pushing. Uh, that was one of the interesting things that, uh, had come out from her, her, her comment. And maybe that gets back to this Icarus thing, you know, that, uh, the, the, so you're, you're researching it on your the, phone while well, we're talking, that, aren't you? Yeah. The saying that we, the, <laughs> the saying was that, you know, we forget that per- first part. So it's, I guess the saying is both of them. So um, the uh, Icarus's father uh, tells him uh, to neither fly uh, too close to the sun uh, where his wax and his wings would melt and he tumble out of the sky and also not not fly too close to the sea where the sea's dampness would clog his wings or the uh, would clog his wings and he'd fly but instead to follow his own path uh and and maybe that's one of the lessons that we've that we that we pull out um you know uh you know from these from these folks that we've 
we've talked with, everybody's following their own path. Uh, and as they've continued to follow that path and move ahead, they become successful, you know, in, in whatever they uh, have put their mind to. And then the people who constantly question it um, have struggled. Well, one thing I, I haven't been able to do since we did the podcast, I yeah. still haven't got out to Dan Jarrett's West Rock Wake Park. Neither have I. To learn. Yeah, we have to get that I've driven past it. I know. We got, we got, we got it, you know, last year we went uh, driving, right, up at Sugar River. We did. So, you know, we got to get Jacqueline to schedule West Rock Wake Park Day. That, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> watch, watch, watch our workers wipe out in the water. <laughs> See if anybody makes it back. I'm sure it's perfectly safe. Uh, other things people don't see on the podcast, um, the podcast do's. Yeah, we got this list. Um, and, you know, do lean away from the microphone, take a drink. Uh, if you're going to put the you know the drink down, do, do face do your away. microphone, speak directly into right. it. People are good at that one. Do wait for others to finish speaking. Oh, I, I you know I talk over people sometimes, so that's a bad one. But the big one is, um, you know, don't tap your fingers, don't tap your, don't tap a pen. We've had a couple of those. I'd say eighty percent of the time, somebody's tapped at some point. It's just what do you do with your hands? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we had a kid in the room? Oh yeah, that was a fun one, Josh Patterson. Yeah. So you know, we, we, the do's and don'ts went out the window on that one. Yeah. I mean, we we tried to, but uh, so Josh, um, we came in and, and you know if you're around rockford josh is a realtor uh he's just an entrepreneur you know he's trying several different things he's got a new album out um uh, he's a rap artist anyway he has a uh, what 18 month it was 18 months old mm-hmm. josh jr yeah and he had a daycare issue so he had to bring josh jr with him well okay you can't really let an 18 month year old wander around the building not you don't alone. Know, not alone. You don't know. And it was just us. So we had him in the booth. And then, so we had to give him something to play with. So what did, where, how did you come up with what you gave Well, I, I have three kids and I thought, well, what would kids enjoy? What would an 18 month uh, kid enjoy that would be safe for him as well? So I, I came up with an aluminum foil, uh, like veggie sheet that you'd grill veggies on. I gave him one of those knowing that it would make a little bit of noise, um, but it'd be fun. And then I also gave him, um, uh, some foam plates or foam foam bowls and plates, uh, and then something else. And I, and I, and I sort of did it on purpose uh-huh. because I'm looking at I'm like foam. I mean, not foam, but the, but the, yeah, the aluminum, the aluminum. I'm like that's gonna make a ton of noise. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I I, I kind of did it on purpose because I thought this will be an interesting, uh, it'll be an interesting lesson. So you got this entrepreneur who is involved in a lot of things, but he's got a life. He's got a kid and that, and he's got to take care of that kid and the kid has to come along. And so there's this noise in the background. There's all these things that you have to take care of as well. And, uh, I thought it'd be an interesting, uh, I think I thought it'd be an interesting lesson. I thought also that it would keep, keep the kid busy. Well, it was one he, of our, it he was did one end our, up on our laps and yeah. all around. He was, he, he was, was, it was one of our better listened to ones. Yeah. So, yeah, because we we would talk for about five minutes, and then somebody would have to reach down, and because he was beating yeah. on the walls, <laughs> I think you gave him like a spoon or something, like a I wooden spoon. So he's yeah. taking a wooden spoon and he's pounding on the wall, and he's he's, he's just yeah. run, it was it was a lot of fun. He was having a good time. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe someday we can have him on the podcast when he can talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a it's been a fun year. I'm glad that we. I'm glad that we committed to the podcast. I'm glad that it uh, moved forward. I'm especially thankful that you had 
uh, taking the initiative to to move it forward because otherwise it just wouldn't have been done. Well, if, no, if you hadn't kept pushing me, I was kind of waiting to see how how long until you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but, you know, because part of it is I wasn't, you know, you know, you, I hadn't actually asked anybody to come and do a podcast. You're more into them. I'm more of a TED Talk guy. And uh, so I was worried, well, what if we ask people and they don't come? Yeah. But in the year that we've done it, we've only had one person out and out just say no. And they were like, well, I'm just not going to come on the show and, t- and talk about my secrets. And I was, okay. The irony of which there are no secrets <laughs> yeah, in, no, that, not really. in that particular sauce. <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, everybody else. Everybody they, thinks they're very special. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else like, sure, yeah, when, why, you know, what time. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people, we just haven't had been able to hook up the right time. But yeah. uh, that was my big worry was just getting people in. And, and, um, and then, you know, coordinating our schedule. So, no, I'm, I'm glad you got it. You kept at me to keep it going. Um, because in the end, I think, I think we've learned a lot. And... Um, you know, there's just more things we can do with the knowledge and the people we've met. Yeah. I know one of the things you're excited about uh, is the What Works book. I've, yes. This is this is a goal. I hope to, by this time next year, have basically take the nuggets, some of the, you know, not all of them. I mean, you know, some of them, um, we've had some people cover the same ground, but take some of the nuggets, uh, the wisdom of these big and medium and small business people, uh, and, and just build those out into chapters. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we could have 30, 40 different chapters on different things and then and, and have that for people to buy or um, so that the knowledge gets spread. Yeah. So I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to commit to helping you with that book. All right. And moving that thing forward so that by the time by the time we do hit our two-year anniversary so of we'll the have a, podcast, we'll have there's a, a book out there already. We'll have a book. Yep. We can talk about talking to Fred, yep. right, and, and Tom, and then laughing about you and your dad. Yeah. Right? Because I don't really know what I would be doing in that one. <laughs> Unless Aaron Johnson fed me some, like, gotcha questions. Got got the dirt. Yeah, like, yeah, Mr. Todd, uh, I hear Jason's grades in sophomore year were awful. (laughs) Jason's grades were always pretty good, but the teachers would say that he talked in class. Um, Yeah. I actually was kicked out of class once or twice. Okay. In the best of ways. (laughs) All right. It's been a fun year. Thanks for for keeping it going. Oh, we're going to... Uh, we're <laughs> drinking water and Diet Coke, but we're, yeah, toast. we're toasting right. to the, to the right. one-year podcast. Thanks also to our listeners. You are, you're all fantastic. I don't know who you are, um, but I know that if I met you, I would love you. Um, and truly, our goal here is to create value for you as you're listening to the podcast. If you can think of uh, ways that we can make that value more impactful for you, you owe it to us to tell us. Uh, and we'll be happy to to take that under advisement, and and uh, we'll see you here a year from now for our two year in review, the Thinker What Works podcast. <laughs>